0: Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Bodanza de Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Coleri. And it is Thursday, April 22nd. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to recap for you Match Day 32. We're going to talk about the Super League and what's transpired in the past few days since we were last on. Um, And we're going to preview match day 33 for you. That is upcoming this weekend for the city. Ah, And take it from there. So let's just jump right in. Do you want to talk about the Super League first? I do. Let's talk about the Super League first. Because you know what? Since we were on last, uh, the Super League is now officially not happening. Fantastic. Fantastic. So... It's still time to hold these clubs accountable that were willing to break away. And I'm talking about Juventus. I'm talking about Real Madrid. I'm talking about these 12 clubs. So the one thing I want to do is I want a special shout out to the English fans, the EPL fans of the six English teams. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't have fell fell through. I am so disappointed in the Italian reaction for the Super League. Very disappointed. I agree with that. It's it's disgusting. I mean, uh, you have the fans of Chelsea, the fans of Man City, Man United, storming the, storming the practice grounds, speaking with the coaches, saying, you know, what the hell? We don't want this. We want to stay in the Premier League. We want to stay in the Champions League. That's what it's all about. Football is for the fans. It's not for the rich. It's not. And the rich tried to take it away, and they got a huge reaction. And you know what the funny thing is? This is the funny thing. I don't know if we mentioned it in the last podcast. The American style, this is the North American style. The Super League was the North American style. And they get away with it here because nobody says anything. And they thought, oh, we'll try and do that again. And we'll, and we'll do it in Europe. And they got a reaction and a half. And I want to thank the English fans for the reaction because that is the reaction that needed to happen. For the Italians, come on. Why are you guys so tight-lipped fans? You guys should be storming Andrea Agnelli's house and saying, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? We don't want this. We don't want the Super League. It's a bunch of crap. And Agnelli, I'll tell you right now, he's a piece of shit. He's an absolute piece of shit. Pardon my language. We've called it. We've called it from day one. This goes to show you how much of a piece of shit this guy is. The fact that his brother... Was it his brother-in-law or his cousin? Who? uh, John Elkin. Yeah, John Elkin. His cousin. That has ties into Juventus. Even called him out and said, What the hell are you doing? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? All the owners in Serie A that weren't going into the Super League have basically had a great reaction. Ferrero from Sampdoria said these three clubs, Milan, Juve, Inter need to be punished. Cairo came out, called out all these three clubs. Roma came out, called out these clubs. Every single owner came out and called out these clubs. And you know what the, you know what the other thing is? Gravina, the head of the FIGC. That's another piece of shit too. He says, "We cannot punish these clubs for something that didn't materialize are you kidding me are you kidding me this these three clubs almost put the figc out of business totally destroyed we're on the brink of totally destroying italian football and you say you can't sanction them are you freaking crazy i would throw the fucking book at them And I would bring them down. I'd relegate them. I'd ban them. They do not belong in the FIGC anymore. It's a joke. And the Italians need to stand up. And guess what? For all you Juve fans out there, for all you Juve fans, listen to this. Juve issued an apology. All 12 clubs issued an apology. But the only team that doesn't mention an apology to the fans... Was Juventus. So you know what that tells us Juve fans? Juve doesn't give a shit about you guys. They don't care about what you think. They don't care about your support. All they care about is lining their bloody pockets. That's all they care about. And when you have a piece of shit like Andrea Agnelli at the helm, you're going to get a piece of shit apology and it's a piece of shit club and nobody should be supporting this piece of shit club anymore. Sorry for all the swearing. I'm really pissed off.
1: Yeah, it is. <coughs> it's frustrating. It's hard to follow that up. But uh, yeah, it is frustrating. And Yali, He's a joke. Yeah, a few people. Aulis, uh Aulis from Lyon. Yeah. Who else? There was a whole bunch of names Everybody. that come out. They feel backstabbed. They yeah. feel betrayed. They feel tell, like...
0: Tell, tell our listeners about what Seferin said today.
1: So Seferin, uh, he said... Prior to the announcement of the Super League, which was an hour before midnight, uh, I think European time. So yeah. when everyone was about to go to sleep, him, Shafarin, and Agnelli were putting together a statement to say everything's fine. The Super League isn't going to happen. They were going to quash the rumors because there was rumors early on in the yeah. year. And they put the statement to quash the rumors and then Anyali that weekend goes as an announces knows, the and Super, announces League. Super League. So he backstabbed Shefford. Shefford's gone out and contacted every uh, owner, head, he, every owner head of the team uh, of, the, of the Dirty Dozen. The only one he hasn't contacted is Agnelli. Yeah. and he's come out and has said Real Madrid and Juventus will most likely face some sort of uh, punishment. Yeah. Sure. For the masterminds pa- behind this, exactly for being the masterminds, and the only teams. <coughs> And the only teams that are still fighting for it are Juve. And Real Madrid. Real Madrid, Barcelona, you can throw on there as well. Laporta saying it's still a a necessity for the Super League to happen. Real Madrid, Florentino Perez going on these crazy rants on Spanish television, saying the most absurd things.
0: Like this is going to save football.
1: How is this going (laughs) to save football? It's going to ruin football. It is. It is going to ruin football. These guys are just, like you've said already, they're more concerned about... Line in their pockets. Yep. And what disappoints me the most is, and like you've already said, was the reaction to Italy. The Italian football players and the owners, which I'm surprised there hasn't been more backlash to the uh, three big Italian clubs. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if this Super League did happen, you're taking food off the table from all the clubs that remain in, in Serie A. Yeah. What's left to be of Serie yeah. A, all the players that still play for those teams. The money won't be there yeah. to fund them. Yeah, the uh, money won't be there to be fu- to fund the team, so these guys would have nothing anymore. They'd yeah. be gone, and, and we're I-
0: talking historical clubs, <clears throat> and we're exactly Genoa. It's, it's only, been
1: around since the beginning of time. Exactly, the only people that would be fine are the the big three that go on to the Super League. So yeah. I cannot believe that these players do not see the attack on their on their bank. Essentially, their 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 lifestyle it's an attack on on them. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're the ones going to be the most hurt, Absolutely. and the owners of those clubs. So I cannot believe. No one has spoke out. Like in England,
0: we compare. England, everybody. All, all did. fourteen clubs spoke out. Every all fourteen. Even the Super League clubs. Pep Guardiola spoke out. Yeah. And that's, Klopp. An,
1: that's another thing. You're in club, Pep Guardiola. The only one that sided with his uh team was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. Which uh man, you fans weren't happy. Yeah, Woodward, they
0: stormed the pit. They stormed the practice facility. They, they said what it. the hell?
1: Yeah, they said we don't need a history lesson. Uh, you know, we know what our club is and Ed Woodward resigning as well from this. Uh, At the
0: end of the season, he's out.
1: Yeah. So it it goes to show the mentality of the owners, how out of touch, just with the statements they've been making, uh, the lack of planning. Apparently, this was around three years in the making. Yeah. But to come out the way they did, it shows how out of touch these guys are with reality and with the footballing world. They have no clue what the world is like inside their little bubble. Yeah. And they they got
0: a rude awakening. They did. They did. And you know why At the end of the day, when you talk about the Super League, the Super League needs to happen, and all these these owners, especially Florentino Perez and Agnelli, saying it needs to happen. You know why it needs to happen? Because these two clubs in particular are in huge debt because of stupid signings. You guys needed a bailout from JP Morgan. $3.4 billion they would each get. Yeah, they would each get, and then they, they would have got. And then they're owned essentially by J.P. Morgan, right? Yeah, exactly. J.P. Morgan
1: wouldn't own these guys. Yeah. They, would, they would own the entire yeah. soccer world.
0: Yeah. J.P. Morgan. All these big clubs are, are they keep crying that they're hurting, and that they're struggling financially. It's just poor business decisions. So you're going to reward poor business decisions at the sacrifice of all the other clubs that you currently compete with they're all hurting too but they're not complaining like you guys do you know why because some clubs out there some lower clubs like a swallow like a, even a crotone they're not complaining because they don't make stupid decisions like a Juventus team that offers Aaron Ramsey 100 grand a week like what is that that's poor business. That's poor business. Just, that's just one example of many. So because you make these stupid decisions and you overpay for these players that don't show up for you to the point where you're choking out
1: and then they go blame they go blame UEFA for, for not giving them enough money. It, yeah. it it does make me laugh. Their risk assessment is terrible. It's terrible. It is terrible and how they're allowed to get away with that. Yeah. And and blame uefa and it is complete. Yeah. and the nonsense. thing the
0: two with uefa that i'm very disappointed in is they basically catered to what these clubs wanted the which, new champions yeah, format. which will which we'll get into well yeah.
1: I'll, I'll read out the new format but it's stupid yeah essentially it's uh the super league with a, a middleman but yeah we'll get to that but yeah the, the sort of touch I don't know if you already mentioned Camiso. He came out He saying, even
0: said it's too American. It's too American. And he's
1: American. And that's why he left the States. He wanted to invest in, in, in European football yeah. because he wants that. Yeah. He wants to experience this. He doesn't want the American model or else he would have just invested his money in MLS club. An MLS or something. Exactly. Yeah. So it's I ridiculous. Mean, it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. These guys, yeah, they're so out of touch. And he's he is, he's a piece of work, that guy. Yeah. Uh I don't know how these supposed friends of his are surprised by his actions.
0: I don't know how supporters can support Juventus after this. I, I don't really don't. I don't know either. I really don't. It, it it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. One of the main components to the Super League that was going to destroy the city, uh, that was going to destroy the whole Italian soccer pyramid, And you can support them. Nobody should support these guys. These guys should be made left to choke out with the stupid business decisions they've made Mm -hmm. and and suffer. They should. They should. Because if they made smart business decisions, they wouldn't be in this mess.
1: What do you think of the argument here? They keep saying, this is always the argument to do with the Super League. Florentino Perez brought this up with his ridiculous statements. But the kids don't have the attention span to watch a full 90-minute game anymore. What are your thoughts on that? Well, That's one of the uh, major reasons why they wanted the Super League because th- their idea was you bring s- two Super Clubs to the table, you're going to get a kid to sit in front of the TV because it's two big clubs. That was their reasoning. I
0: think it's I think it's stupid. It, it It's literally digging at the bottom of the barrel for an excuse. <clears throat> How long has football been around? Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. And we've had generation after generation after generation of kids growing up watching football. My son can watch a 90-minute game. He can. Mm -hmm. He can watch a 90-minute game and he's almost five years old. So don't tell me that the kids these days can't do it. It's maybe because they don't want to. C'est la vie, right? You have... The fan bases for clubs these days is so large. What what do you need to don't tweak the beautiful game? The beautiful game has been the, this way for centuries. Leave it alone. We're still digesting VAR even though it's been here for a couple of years now. So don't do something extreme like that. That's just a stupid excuse from a stupid man. So that's how I feel about that.
1: Yeah, I know. I I find it I find it annoying this this constant trying to get kids attention it's not only football it's life in general everyone goes after the kids the kids the kids everyone's after the kids attention cuz they want the easy money they want to brainwash yeah. them at a young age and turn them a cons- into uh, consumers in the long run which is kind of sinister if you ask me they don't want kids to be kids anymore but yeah it, it, it's uh it's ridiculous at the end of the day who has the money to watch soccer who has the money to go to the stadiums it's not kids it's adults. Yeah. That's what football used to be advertised yeah. to was adults. Yeah. It's a game for adults. We're no longer in a world where adults are up here. Kids are always at the top now. Yeah. Kids come first, like I already said. Adults below. That has to switch, number one. And it drives me nuts. You see these teams, they come out with these tie-dye jerseys, these colorful shoes. I know yeah. Dave Simpson brought it up, the the pink shoe era. Yeah. And they, they brought all these things out for kids because it's all being pushed on kids because they want kids to consume and eat this stuff up but it's all garbage and i think football has to realize it's the adults that push the market they're the That's ones right. that buy pay the bills to watch the tv they're That's the right. ones that paid for the tickets to go to the stadiums they don't the kids aren't buying it's the the parents are buying for the kids to go to the stadium there's probably obviously a select you know uh, amount of kids that do go to the stadium on their own probably a little bit rare but for the majority, it's the adults. So this whole targeting of kids makes me kind of sick when I hear Florentino Perez bring it up on Yali. They say they want to shorten games because, once again, kids don't have the attention span. They don't have the attention span to watch a full 90-minute game. I think of myself too, and that's all you can do in these in these situations, is the first time I ever watched a, a full 90-minute game consistently, week, week in, week out, was probably in my early to mid 20s. Honestly, I had no I I wasn't a fan of watching soccer when I was a kid. I wanted to go play soccer in the street. I mm-hmm. wanted to go play other sports outside. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go sit and spend my entire Sunday afternoon watching soccer. Yeah. But as you get older, your tastes change. You become less physically active. You sit around more and you watch more sports. That's the way that's the way life goes. Things change. You're not the same person you were as a kid as you were in an adult. I think that's what these guys are. Completely missing in their in their whack, yeah, you know, uh, theory on how football should be run, uh, and yeah, it just really bothers me this attack on. I and I call it I call it that an attack on the children, because that's who they're they're trying to catch them up. Like I said, catch them and turn them into lifelong consumers, and uh, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you, I hear you. So you can tell that. For those of you that are just tuning in or fast-forwarded, we're definitely against the Super League here. And uh, makes us very angry. But we've called this a long time ago. Uh, one of the main founders, and I put founders in quotation marks, if you will, is a guy that has always been anti-football and all, <clears throat> sorry, all about money. And that's Andrea Agnelli. We've been telling you this for a while now. So we hope that you, the listeners, and I apologize for all the swearing, that uh, that was just passion coming out. I hope that gives all of you uh, a little bit of insight into really what Andrea Agnelli is all about. Maybe maybe gives you possibly a different opinion or something to think about when you're thinking about your allegiance. It shows his character.
1: Yeah. If he's willing to go stab his uh, daughter's godfather in the back like that essentially yeah. family what kind of a guy is this exactly and then all his little minions Pratici coming out in the media yeah it's a good idea the Super League has to happen yeah of course because Agnelli's paying you yeah. of course you're going to come out because they don't have the balls to do it in Italy unlike England where they will speak out to the guys paying them they don't care yeah that's that's what makes me a bit sick about Juve and they're not the only guilty party of course yeah. Milan are just as disgusting yeah. Inter are just as disgusting yeah uh marota gonna have to resign I think from the fiGc board yeah. Gazidis possibly gonna uh get fired or quit from Milan but they're just as culpable all oh these for teams. sure and enter like I think I mentioned in the previous podcast hammered by financial fair play finally get in their act together and they get a sniff of money they're so desperate for the money yeah. that they go cave into this garbage and I it, know it shows me there's no No integrity, no morals.
0: There's none.
1: Just go to the money. Go to the easy path. There's none.
0: There's none. And you know what the funny thing is? Before we jump into the next segment, the one thing I do want to say, I find it quite amusing that these are the 12 elite clubs in Europe that need to go to the Super League. How many times? Yes, Juventus has won the last nine Scudetti. They're definitely not winning this year. How many champ how many times has Juve won in the Champions League? How many how many Champions League trophies have they taken home? Two? Two. 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 So that's a super team. My ass. AC Milan hasn't been relevant for pfft,
1: over a decade.
0: More than the that. last
1: time they won a that was in two thousand and eleven. Two
0: thousand and eleven. That was lucky. That was lucky in two thousand and eleven. That wasn't a team that shouldn't have won. And Inter's been even worse. Yeah, and Inter's been worse, even worse. So these are teams that haven't been relevant in a long time. Inter just became relevant. This is the first time since 2010 that Inter's actually relevant in the Serie a. This is the first time since 2011 that Milan is relevant. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? Well, and, and then you got other clubs out there. Okay, I understand Real Madrid. I understand Barcelona. In a way, I understand... Possibly a Madrid, but you have it. What has Tottenham won? Not Tottenham nothing. Nothing. Never well, won since TV was black and white. Uh, there you go. And when when was the last time Arsenal Tottenham won? Tottenham Hot Spuds. Yeah, yeah. When's the last time? When is the last time Arsenal won anything? Arsenal's an FA Cup last year. Okay, big deal. But they've been irrelevant. They're mid table. They've no been ball. irrelevant. And aside from the past two years, three years, what has Liverpool done? yeah they've been before klopp what were they they won their first premier league in over 30 years there you go there you go right manchester city was irrelevant till they got oil money uh manchester united is storied club we understand that and then there's been absolute garbage tosh
1: as english (laughs) like to say since edward uh sorry edward since the his name escapes me who the chairman there I just said his name before. Edward, is it? Sorry, his name is... Gabe Woodward? Obama. Woodward, yeah. Woodward, Woodward. They've been irrelevant ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left and Woodward That's right. came in. And the Glazers, That's right. The Glazers, who the Glazers don't give a shit about, their f- talk about. Talk about owners that don't give a shit about their fans. Yeah. The Glazers are the epitome. The only owner that came out and actually apologized in a video was uh, John W. Henry for Liverpool. He was the only one in Sheik Mansour too from yep. Man City. No one else has come out to apologize. And
0: really. Really. The- You'll never see one from Abramovich. No, you won't. Not from that guy. But no the, way.
1: The Italians The Italians, I do want to read the statements quick. Okay, go ahead. Before I move on. But Inter, when they, this is just a snippet of their apology, but this is Inter's. They were saying, we are always committed to giving the fans the best football experience. Innovation and inclusion are part of our DNA since our foundation, our engagement with all stakeholders to improve the football industry will never change. So, what is that? I don't know. Is that much of an apology? No. no. It's clear as mud. We got caught. Sorry. That's what that says. Milan uh, didn't explicitly put out anything. Uh, so not much to say there. There was really no formal apology for them. This was Juventus' statement. Juventus remains convinced of the soundness of the project's sport, commercial, and legal premises. It believes that at present there are limited chances that the project be completed in... The form originally conceived, Juventus remains committed to pursuing the creation of long-term value for the company and the entire football industry.
0: No. Don't no.
1: want to admit defeat those guys.
0: No, they don't. They don't. They can't get the bonuses because they can't win the Champions League. So they just figure, oh, we go into a Super League where we can't get we can't get relegated for like 20 years or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's a joke. So before we move on, read this new Champions League format for our listeners who uh who haven't seen it yet it is such a strange format so the new format
1: is a 36 league as opposed to 32 Uh, that's the biggest change so they're bringing in another four teams Mm -hmm. for more revenue under the new format teams will play four matches more than is currently the case they will no longer play three opponents twice home and away but it will instead face fixtures against 10 different teams, half of them at home and half of them away. This gives the opportunity for clubs to test themselves against a wider range of opponents and also raises the prospect of fancying the top teams go head-to-head more often Jeez. earlier in the competition. Sounds like a Super League. The new format should mean that there is more to play for right up until the final night of league action. How will the four additional spots be allocated? Qualification for the Champions League will continue to be open and depend on club's final position in the previous season's domestic league competition. The additional four slots available in 2024-25 will be allocated according to three different criteria. Slot one, one of the additional places will go to the club ranked third in the championship of the association and fifth position in the UEFA National Association ranking. Talk about a tongue twister. Yeah. So essentially, if you're in the big five and you finish fifth, you can go into Champions League. What a joke. So if Uve finish fifth, they have a chance to get it in. A Premier League team finishes fifth, they have a chance to get it in. Slot two and will be awarded to a domestic champion by extending from four to five the number of clubs qualifying via the so-called champion's path. Slots three and four are awarded to the clubs with the highest club coefficients that have not qualified automatically for the Champions League League stage. So a team like Real
0: Madrid could finish close to the bottom of the table and qualify for Champions League. Exactly. That's a joke.
1: So essentially the new reforms, it is the Super League just with a middleman in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) Called uh, UEFA.
0: You gave them everything. They gave them everything they wanted.
1: Almost. Yeah. And I hope the fans also speak out to this because this is a complete joke. Essentially the Super League is continuing. It's just happening. Not exactly, but it is happening now through UA for Champions League. This format, I hate. I think it's a complete joke. The group stage is already the most boring part of Champions League. Yeah. And now they're extended it by an additional four games. I think it's absolute trash. Champions League is going to be absolute garbage now. Because uh, like I said, the fun part is when you get to the semis, the quarterfinals, when the big teams meet. No one wants to see big teams meet in the group stages. Juventus-Barcelona, oh. those two games were garbage. They are absolute garbage. Um, you know, star players were missing from both games. It wasn't high stakes. Both teams ended up coming out of the group, so the games meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. Uh, it, it was boring. So, if they think this is right, sure, go for it. But, this will probably be reformed in a blink of an eye, I have a feeling, yeah, because it's so. absolute trash. I think so. And... Uh, I'm just going to say how the last 16 will take shape. The results of each match will decide the overall ranking in the new league with three points for a win, one for a draw, still applying. While the top eight teams will advance automatically to the round of 16, those sides placed between 9th and 24th will enter a playoff round. Those who finish between 9th and 16th will be seated in the playoff draw, meaning they will face a team placed 17th to 24th with home advantage in the second-leg match. Teams who finish 25th or lower will, will be eliminated with no access to the UEFA Europa League. The eight clubs who prevail in the playoffs will then progress to the round of 16 where they will each face one of the top eight finishers. So you could do abysmal and yeah. still have a chance. So essentially all this is is providing a huge safety net, allowing the big teams to never have to come out of first gear and they can yeah. come out of the Champions League and go to the knockout stages and get more money. It's just keeping the rich teams in the loop. Yeah. That's all it's doing. And and, and it's disgusting. So UEFA should bow their heads in shame too, I think. I think so. Because it is disgusting. And uh, we'll see as the story develops more. We'll we'll see how the fans react to this.
0: But uh, I think it's disgusting anyway. No, I agree with you. So that being said, let's get into some Serie A. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about match day 32. So, in the first game, we actually had a surprise here, Giuliano. Fiorentina defeats Hellas Verona there. So, Hellas Verona looks like they're just content to sit where they are. Can't string anything together. Another poor game by Marco Silvestri. And Fiorentina, on the other hand, what a fantastic showing for them. Casares scoring and Vlahovic again. And uh, the big thing about this is Fiorentina kind of pushes themselves out of the relegation battle somewhat. Because if they lost, they'd be in much more shape. Yeah. Yeah, this game,
1: Halas Verona was creating all the chances at the beginning. They were using the third man run perfectly. They created a ton of chances, but some big saves early on from Drakowski. A goal line clearance was even made off of a corner. And then it changed. As soon as Bonaventura he beat his man in the box, When a penalty, was taken down uh, by Barak. And then Flauhovic slotted away the penalty. Nice little finish. And then Casares, like you said, nice big volley. And then Halas uh, Verona, they came back with a beautiful little pass and play, finished off by Eddie Salcedo, And that was it. I mean, they had every chance to win. But they cannot convert their chances. And that was the difference. Fiorentina took their chances. Hellas Verona didn't. I thought Hellas Verona actually played better. But uh, just in a rotten run of form right now.
0: Big time. Mid-table obscurity for them. So let's move on to the next game. Sassuolo beating Super League Milan (laughs) 2-1. So you see Milan decides to join the Super League and then gets beaten by Sassuolo. And what a game this was i i mean milan coming out one nothing in front with a great chalanoglu goal and then the man who Mancini should be looking at raspadori comes on bang bang 2-1 Sassuolo. yeah it was as simple as that Deserbi, to
1: be one of the actually big uh big coaches speaking out against the super league so bad that he says, I'm probably never going to be hired by Juve Inter or Milan, but I don't care. What do what he, does
0: yeah, he doesn't want to coach him anyway. So,
1: But yeah, he brings on Giacomo Raspidori. Raspadori makes all the difference. He gets on the end of, uh, the first was like a miss shot, miss pass, but he gets on the end of it, piss it in the back of the net. And then he hits his brace with a nice little deke of Tamari slots it in bottom left corner. Tamari kind of looking in no man's land, and that was the difference. I mean, Milan did create a lot of chances through the long ball. They kept targeting the wing backs of Sassuolo, which is a bit of the weakness, looking for the one-on-one battles, beating them through the dribble, a quick combination passing. But it just never, never came off. They they were very inconsistent, very poor up top, and then uh, it just took two lapses in the in the back, and that was it. Sassuolo capitalized on their chances, and Milan. Walk away with the loss. They could have put the pressure on Inter, especially after the result Inter had. Uh, so not a good not a good result for Milan.
0: No, not a good result at all. On to the next game. Sampdoria narrowly edging out. Crotone 1-0. Fabio Quagliarella goal in the 53rd minute. But I think the main talking point here is the man that kept Sampdoria in the game, Emil Odero. Fantastic saves by Emil Odero. Crotone don't Mind you, they put on the pressure. They got some shots off. But Emilio Dero, fantastic in between the sticks. Some big, big, big defending there by uh, Lorenzo Tonelli and Cole as well as center backs. And, of course, Manolo Gabbiadini and Fabio Qualiarella doing well together as the one-two punch up top for Sampdoria in this game. What would you think?
1: Yeah, it was a good game. Qualiarella scoring a nice little goal. Yeah, Emilio Dero, he was huge. Uh, Crotone, they created some chances, but nothing crazy. Juno Maseas testing uh, Dero Zanalotto creating and creating a chance, just skying it over the bar. But overall, a great team performance by Sampdoria. And uh, that's something you want to see at the business end of the of the league. And it's just a tidy little one. I think Crotone now are... Yeah.
0: They're preparing for life. They're and done. City. Yeah. Yeah, they're, so, oh, they're toast. Yeah, they're toast. They're I don't toast. know if they're
1: mathematically out yet, but... They're toast. But yeah, this they're just toast. goes one step further to relegation for them. And Sampdoria, just a good team performance. Whoever in those championing spots having to play Sampdoria, they're going to have a tough, tough go at it. Yeah. Picking up three points, so... S-
0: speaking of toast, let's talk about Parma. Dropping yes. three to one to super, Juventus.
1: Super, super Juve. Super, car- super Agnelli. crap. Agnelli was in the stands. Super crap. Agnelli.
0: Yeah, who cares? Who cares. Guy's a joke. Uh so about this game, Ronaldo didn't show up for this game, but did need to. Alexandro and Delit bailed this, bailed, uh, bailed the Juventus out. Gianluigi Buffon showing his age in this game, and uh, on the other side, Parma just toast. I mean, Colombia started in between the sticks over Sepe. Made some big say he robbed Ronaldo on, yeah. his, on his very first chance. That was really
1: the only thing Ronaldo did.
0: That's it. The only thing. Uh, the only thing I can say about Parma is
1: Brugman. That's it. Yeah, nice free kick goal. I mean, on, on the uh, Brugman goal, who bows out of the way again?
0: Yeah, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. <laughs> twice, he's afraid.
1: Twice he ducked in a free kick. He's, he's afraid. He's afraid to get the ball in the face. Uh, Ronaldo, but seriously, thirty-one million dollars. Yeah, Alessandro then. Uh, Pops in two goals, looking like Ronaldo. One with a beautiful volley, another with a header, far post after DiBala couldn't reach it in the air. Uh, and then Artur actually, he kept, he played pretty decent. He had a huge goal line clearance, which would have tied the game at two-two. So he he kind of uh, he, he kind of won the game here with that big goal line clearance. And then delict also he he ends up killing the tie then with a the header from the corner. So absolutely catching Parma out on set pieces. Parma was asleep on the set pieces. Juve and Pirlo, you got to give them credit for that. They did their homework. The defenders popping in with the goals and beating Parma.
0: Yeah, so Juve continuing their push for Champions League qualification. On to a next game. Massive, massive win for Cagliari here. one nothing over Udinese. Their hopes of staying in Serie A are still there. They're not out yet. They're only three points out of safety now, Giuliano. Yeah, they
1: look good. Like I said, Udine, I can't get right. Every time I say one result, they do the opposite. <laughs> it's so frustrating predicting their scores. But, uh, Joao Pedro, he opened the game with a beautiful little, uh, it was almost like a sombrero. It really wasn't where you, th- you know, threw the ball over the defender's head and, and then he volleyed it, bottom corner, but it got disallowed, uh, I believe, for offside. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal. And then after that, uh, the game was kind of just going back and forth. Nesrovski uh, he hit the bar. Uh, they missed from, and he missed from seven yards out, I believe, as well. Or oh, sorry, he missed from seven yards out. Someone else hit the bar, I can't remember. But uh, Udine, not really creating too many chances. Kind of looked a bit toothless, to be honest, without yeah. Paul in the lineup. And then Joao Pedro got redemption with a penalty goal for a handball by Udine. So. In the end, it worked out for Caldi draw Pedro getting the goal. Huge, like you said, three points for simply Huge, huge. And, they're, uh, still,
0: they're they're on a roll right still now. Still breathing. That relegation battle is so tight now. Oh my goodness, so tight. Wait till we read you the standings, everybody. If you haven't seen them yet, like they're we're gonna get there, but it's getting tight down there. It's getting tight. Uh, next game: Bologna and Torino, one-one. So this is two points drop for Torino here. This has to be two points drop, Giuliano. It was an entertaining game. Both
1: teams kept carving each other up right down the middle. Both teams not doing themselves any justice in the defensive phase in the midfield. Um, wonder goal scored by Mandragora. Wow. One of the best volleys this season. So it did take a wonder goal for Torino to get the point. But uh, yeah, this was just a bit of a bonkers game the way it was going back and forth. I, yeah. I was surprised it ended 1-1. Uh, and I guess yeah, Torino because they are in the relegation battle. Yeah, they had they had the chances to beat
0: Bologna. But yeah, two uh two points last year. Yeah. Two points Bologna last year. Bologna not doing bad though. No, but it was Bologna. a good it was a fun attacking game. Yeah. Bologna in mid table obscurity, they're they're assured of City has status next year. Torino though hanging on by a thread right now. Now another game that had some implications here. Genoa Benevento, two two draw. You called this, I believe. I did, I did. Yeah, so Genoa, this game was back and forth, too. I mean, a penalty for Benevento in the fifth minute, then Pandev scores in the 11th, then Lapadula in the 15th, then Pandev again in the 21st, and then that was it. Yep. (laughs) the game was done in the first 20, 25 (laughs) minutes. Like, what the heck, guys?
1: Yeah, Genoa, I think, was the better of the two teams, if you ask me. I thought they played better. Again, their tactic, if anyone watched the game, overload the wings benevento pinch up the field so high Ballardini told his men to overload the wings do passing combinations get the ball in the box and it worked like a charm they just cannot put the ball in the net benevento more so was trying to exploit the space left behind the defense which it did work it put jano under pressure that's how lapidula scored his goal three minutes in and they win the penalty or sorry, that's how Lapidula won the the penalty three minutes in, and then uh, they get their second goal, Lapidula, with that laser counter attack goal, beautiful. But both, yeah, both teams ultimately cancel each other out. No one wanting it enough, I think, in the end.
0: Yeah, and now they're both they're both there in relegation. Too. They're both there, Benevento more so than Genoa, yes. but uh, yeah, they're both there. On to the next game, Super League Inter. Yes, ties Spezio one one. So the guy we were hammering early
1: on in the season Handanovic he's come back the cameraman. Yeah. No agility, bad hands. He's been at fault now for the last two games. He's dropped now four points, he's dropped four points. four points. Thank God the the competition around them is dropping points too cuz enter now they have they have to pick up nine points out of their next six matches so they got to win 50%. I think they have uh Crotone up next so a bit lucky they can turn things around um, but not looking good no one playing great again the finishing poor again poor decision making Lukaku had a breakaway had two chances at it as well Providel stopped him twice so there's just something Great saves by this Yeah, game. something's going on with the Inter mindset I, I think they're feeling the pressure of wrapping up the Scudetto and I'm telling you, if they wait to wrap it up before they play Roma and Juve, there's going to be a lot of sweat happening. So,
0: yeah. Well, Inter, I'm surprised they threw Roma in there.
1: Well, it's, it's a team they struggle against. But uh, Inter, yeah, they were all over Spezia. Spezia had one shot on that, and Handanovic was going to save it p- compared to Inter's 20. So yeah. that's all you need to know. Spezia completely outplayed, rolled their luck, took it. And uh, Inter causing
0: more of their own problems. Yeah, absolutely. So we move on from one draw to another draw. This was actually a surprising draw. Roma tying Atalanta 1-1 here. What so, do you think? Well,
1: I know what I think.
0: Well, I know what you think. I think the man of the match has to go to Paulo Lopez. Yes. The guy showed up for a game. Uh outstanding, kept uh, kept Roma in the game. Responsible for that. Uh special shout out though to my man Brian Cristante our fellow Canadian-Italian there, uh, scoring the equalizer in the 75th minute, I believe, and uh, played a fantastic game. Roma expected to lose this game, and somehow they manage a point, and it looks like the goalkeeper made a difference. Uh, crazy game, too. Roger Ibanez picking up two yellows t- and <laughs> getting ejected. And same thing with Gosens on the other side. Uh, At this point, I mean, based on what happened um, in the game that we'll be talking about next, uh, they have a lifeline. They're three points out of Europe right now, Roma. So if they don't get into Europe through the Europa League path, they still have a slim chance. Uh, to pass Lazio and claim that sixth spot into the Europa Conference League it may not be the Europa League it may not be the Champions League but hey it's Europe it's money so line <laughs> <laughs> <Lying> my pocket <laughs> yeah seriously um and uh yeah what did you think
1: about this game yeah you pretty much covered everything I mean Atalanta I think created the the bigger the better chances Paul Lopez was huge uh Muriel, the super sub, missed an uncharacteristic open net. The chances were there. Atalanta played better. Roma, though, doing enough to get the the point at the end of the day. That's all that matters. And just the standout performance again, Rustam Malinowski, this guy's been amazing. One of the best players in the city out of the past month. So, all right. that's what I saw from this
0: game. All right. So, to me, my opinion is Atalanta dropped points here. Yeah. Atlanta should have won this game to put if Atlanta won this game they'd be second in Serie A right now.
1: Man, crazy. Tough. tough. All right. Yeah. Big drop, big let's, drop of three points. Let's there.
0: move on to the final game here. Napoli and uh Lazio having a strange game back and forth. Napoli up 4-0 and then within 4 minutes Lazio makes it 4-2 and then 6 minutes later Osiman makes it 5-2. Like what do we think of this Napoli team? Thank you for beating Lazio. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, what do we think of this Napoli team? I mean, listen. This is the Napoli team we've been saying from the beginning. One of the best
1: attacks in Serie A. It's just a matter of consistency. It's the mentality. It's They got to just get their heads right when they get on the field. And when they do, they are one of the toughest teams to beat. Um, showing a bit of shakiness, conceding two goals when they were 4-0 up. So that's the kind of stuff I mean. Like they just shut off. It's like, yeah, we got a one jobs done. That's the stuff that has to get out of the game. But this was another great performance. I mean, the penalty set the, I know the Lazio, uh, Cla- Lazio frustrated about the penalty being given, but at the end of the day it was given seven minutes in. That kind of set the tone and uh, Lazio can never really catch up. But Insigne, again, too, having a terrific game. I mean, this is what they need. They need their star players to show up when it matters, and this is a game that matters. They're yeah. pinning the pressure on teams like Atalanta, Juve, Milan, and it's going to be a dogfight right to the end.
0: It is going to be a dogfight, and that's probably the most exciting part of of the of the rest of the way for the for the Serie yeah, A because you know if you look at the standings, which which we'll read out momentarily. Uh, there are four teams vying for three spots in the Champions League, and one of them is going to get bumped down to the Europa League, uh, because it looks like there's going to there's some separation there between fifth, sixth, and seventh now. So let's read you the standings here, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. So Inter staying on top, they are at 76 points. Now here is where things get interesting. We think the Scudetto the Scudetto run is should be done. Uh, so second place is Milan 66 points. Third place Atalanta 65 points. Fourth place Juve 65 points. Fifth place Napoli 63 points. That is tight. So if Milan drop Milan drop a game, they could be on the outside looking in. If they drop another game. Like that's yep. how tight it is. They drop they could drop from second to fifth based on what atalanta juve and napoli can do uh the other side the europa conference league spot right now is in lazio's hands okay it it is in lazio's hands um it looks like we will see a seventh spot in europe because the final for coppa italia is between juve and atalanta and if both of them are in Champions League, then it looks like 6th place will go into the Europa League and 7th to the Europa Conference League. So there's still a chance, Roma fans. There's still a chance. There's a few paths for us. But let's hope we do it through the Europa League and get into the Champions League. That would be awesome. So those are your top 7 there, guys. Now, everybody, here's your bottom. Here's your relegation battle. Here's your dogfight. We know Croton is out. We know Parma's out. But here is Cagliari. 28 points in 18th place in that final relegation spot now in 17th position you have Benevento only three points up with 31 points same thing with Torino 31 points they do have a game in hand and then we will throw these three teams in there you have Fiorentina Genoa and Spezia all with 33 points five points on top of safety it is tight any one of these teams can go down. It is not over yet. Kylian can still attain safety. So those are your standings. Let's get into the preview for the weekend. Let's get into the preview for the weekend because there's a lot of implications here. Yeah, essentially
1: for the weekend, Crotone, if they want to stay alive, they got to go undefeated. 33 points will knock them out. So it's done. if 17th hit 33 points, which could be this weekend... It's mathematically over for Crotone. It's done. It's
0: done. Sorry. So let's
1: go over the fixtures. Well,
0: we're starting off with the Ligurian battle. Yes. Genoa hosting Spezia Calcio here, everybody. And that is tomorrow? Saturday. Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. Saturday. First hu- game. Huge battle.
1: Yeah. Means a lot, especially when Cagliari are right there. Ben- yeah. Bento,
0: you dropped this game. You're right there. You could be sitting right on top of the relegation. Yeah, side. you're right there. Who do you think? Who do I think? I'm going to stick with the man in the shades. Ballardini. Ballardini. Yeah, I think
1: they play a better team game. They I do. I agree. I think Genoa. I think Genoa take it. I think and Spezzi
0: struggles them. against teams like this, which is strange. So. Yeah, they do. They play better against the top teams. They do. They do. Let's move on to the battle for the bottom. Parma, Crotone.
1: Yeah, listen, this is a huge game. Parma still have a chance. There's 18 points up for grabs. That will put them at 38 points. So if they go on an undefeated run, that pits Udinese if they were to lose all six games. So they could potentially still finish, you know, if everyone was to lose their games. They could finish up in that mid-table if they were to go highly unlikely because a lot of permutations have to happen in their favor. But there's still a big chance. In this game, this would cement... Crotone being out I think same if Crotone beat Parma this essentially cements them almost being out as well not yeah. mathematically but a step closer this is do or die it's just gonna come down to whoever wants it more on the end of the day teams are very similar poor defensively good attackers I I really don't know
0: it's a toss of a coin for who's gonna win this game to me I think uh, I think Parma are showing that they're in extremely poor form And I think Crotone is actually playing better than them. I mean, look at Crotone. Crotone has lost their last five games all by a one goal. I mean, they lost three to two to Bologna, they lost four to three to Napoli, lost three to two to Spezia, two to one to Udine, and then only one nothing to Sampdoria. So to me, I think Crotone is going to win this game. I'll take Parma. All right. So (laughs) Jules taking Parma. I'm trying to take Crotone. I'm with the Calabrese this weekend. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. All right. Next game. Sassuolo hosting Sampdoria. A game to miss. This game is going to be nothing at yeah. the end of the day. It's true. It's a mid-table it's game. Probably so a think? draw. A draw?
1: They're, they're playing for nothing.
0: This game doesn't matter. They are playing for nothing. But I still think Sessuolo is going to win this game. So count me in for Sessuolo. Next game, let's go into Sunday morning. Bright and early. Benevento Udine. This is huge. Eva for Udine.
1: Absolutely. If they don't turn things around. They could be in trouble as well. They can be. I mean, Benevento... Very weird team.
0: Udine have lost four of their Um, last five. Uh, That's why they're
1: frustrating. I pick them to win, I think, almost all the time. And and you look
0: at Benevento, a win, two draws and two losses. So... It's a tough call here, but, you know, I just think experience is going to play a factor here, and I think Udinese is going to win this game.
1: See, I pick Udinese, they, they always do the opposite. I was
0: thinking in my mind Udinese, so I'm going to go Benevento. Oh, right. It's always the opposite. So, Juliano's telling so. you Benevento, I'm telling you Udinese. Next game, Inter Milan hosting Verona, Giuseppe Meazza. Sorry, yeah, so I got it wrong. I know they do play Crotone eventually, but
1: uh, this is a huge game. This is not an easy game.
0: Yeah, it's not, but they're
1: leaving it. Listen, they got very tough opponents to 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 wrap up the season, and this yeah. is one of them. I know Verona has been out of form;
0: they've lost four of the last five jewels. Four of the last lost five
1: out of the last six, they've
0: lost. Oh, five of the last six, even, even worse. worse,
1: even worse. So, yeah. Inter should win. I mean, they're not going to lose; they may draw, but uh, I think Inter they turn this two-game winless streak. I think around. if
0: you draw, they, re- they you'll very really start feel to the feel pressure.
1: The pressure for sure. I said you have to get to the Roma-Juve games, the season's got to be wrapped up because Inter will fold like a cheap folding chair, man, with all that pressure. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. So you're saying Inter? Inter. They have to win. They have to.
0: I'm going to say Inter, too. So we're both telling to take Inter to win this game. Next game, Fiorentina juventus Beppe Iacchini. Picking up his first win since he uh, came yeah. back to the home. Yeah. So... I think you're just gonna see a massive sit back, soak in the pressure counterattack, and it's gonna backfire. Unfortunately, I'm gonna say Juventus are gonna win this yeah, game. Easy Juve win. Easy Juve win. As much as I don't want them to, uh please prove us wrong, Fiorentina, please. Big game <laughs> big game here. You don't wanna be playing Cagliari right now. So Cagliari are hosting Roma. Uh Caleri's season on the line. Roma you know, if you want to qualify for Europe through the through the league, it's getting very, very, very difficult. Uh, who's gonna want this game more? Roma's gonna have one eye on Manchester United next week because this is the last game they play, so there's gonna be a squad rotation for sure here. But Caleri are gonna be they are gonna be desperate. They're gonna be desperate to do something. And from this game today against Atalanta, the difference was Paulo Lopez. And if Paul Lopez doesn't have that game, Atlanta blows out Roma, right? So I think Roma are going to continue this rut. Uh, I'd I'd love to see them win. I'd love to see them do something, get some momentum for Manchester United, but I don't see it. So I'm going to say they're going to draw this game. You took the words right out of my mouth. Draw? Yeah. Uh, All right. So we're telling you to take a draw in the Cali Roma game. Next game, Atalanta hosting Bologna. This is where Atalanta bounces back. Right, Jules? Have to. Yeah. I mean, if there's serious
1: Scudetto, challengers, Champions League challengers, yeah, you got to win. And Bologna is a team, another team that could get dragged into relegation. They most likely won't. Yeah. They're a mid-table obscurity. Yeah. Atalanta have something to play for. I think Bologna, this is the type of games they win with ease.
0: Absolutely. So, Atalanta, we're both telling you for this. Next two games take place on monday these are interesting games so to, yeah torino hosting napoli we'll start with that one i don't know i mean napoli if they keep showing up like this they you
1: can't question them. they got to they have to win it and if they win the crazy thing is ac if they lose ac could be out of champions <laughs> that's <experience>. right <laughs> that, so crazy? that is crazy so i have i have a feeling that actually might happen uh but yeah, I think Napoli. If we just focus on the Napoli Torino game, the only thing that worries me about Napoli, like I said, is they don't have the steel in their, the, you know, yeah. the, mentality wise. Yeah. the The uh, offense doesn't track back too much. Torino they play like a unit, it's and true. especially the way they're playing now, the whole team goes back and forth. So I'm actually gonna pick a Torino. Torino win. Wow. I think they're going to upset Napoli here. Wow. I think the pressure just gets to Napoli in these situations, and this is where you're going to see them drop points.
0: Wow. Well, uh, I tend to disagree. I think Napoli is going to win this game. I think Torino is going to get dragged right back down into that, that unfortunate relegation zone. Now, let's talk about the final game. Lazio hosting AC Milan here at the Stadio Olimpico. What do we think's going to happen?
1: I don't know. This is going to be a
0: very tough one to call.
1: I mean, the last time they met Milan did win 3-2, not much in it. What do you think? I I need to think about this one for a second.
0: I think AC Milan's going to bounce back. I think Milan's going to win this game. That Lazio Roma game is going to mean something. <laughs> that second last game of the season against Lazio Roma is going to mean the world, yeah. and I think AC Milan need to beat Lazio here. So, AC Milan for me. Ooh, I, I'm going
1: to... I don't know. Like, you look at the last game, it came down to a Kalinoglu penalty. I mean, Lazio got a penalty too. Donnarumma saved and Immobile. Yep. Immobile missed another penalty. And Theo Hernandez, the difference was Theo Hernandez scoring in the 91st minute. So, it was yeah. very, very tight. Yeah. So, I have a feeling you're going to see more of that. And... We're gonna see a anticlimactic draw here, okay? But so, it will be a good game, I think.
0: So, Giuliano's telling you to take the draw. I'm telling you to take the Milan win. That wraps up match day 33. Before we go, a couple things. City B. Let's talk about City B. Okay. There's some I thought movement thought in Setia rip on B. Agnelli again. Okay, that's oh, cool. screw him. He's not worth my time. Once again, I'm sorry for all the swearing earlier. It's just passion. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to City of B. Here we go. Empoli solidifying. Almost five games left to play. They are five points up in first place on City of B. So Empoli there. Here's where things get interesting, Jules. Second place is Lecce. After 34 games, they got four games left. They are on 61 points, okay? Third place, one point behind for automatic promotion, Salernitana. Do we see another club from La Campania come up to Serie? A? It's possible. And here's the interesting thing: Who's Salernitana owned by? Claudio Lotito. So he can't have two clubs in Serie. A. Yeah, that is. So it I means Salernitana is probably gonna go if he. Yeah. If he uh, if he moves up, but uh, Salernitana has been knocking on the door the past few years for promotion to Serie. A. Um, and uh, four games left, anything can happen. Fourth place, five points behind Salernitana. Most likely destined for playoff is Monza, the Servio Belusconi-owned team. Uh, three points behind them in the playoff spot. Fifth place, Venezia. Sixth place, 50 points, Cittadella. Hello, there they are. Always there. Spal, seventh place, 50 points. Kievo hanging on by a thread. They have a game in hand, and they are in the last playoff spot. In eighth place with 48 points. To all my Calabresa friends, there is another team from Calabria, one point out of a playoff spot. And that is Regina. That is the re- that is Calabria's team. Regina is Calabria's team. And Regina had some okay teams in back in the day. De- a la David Di Michela, everybody, if you don't remember. So Regina almost. And here's a shock for you, everybody. Here's a shock for you. A team that was always bouncing up and down between A and B, A and B, the past couple of seasons. Frosinone our 15th place, and our three points out of a playout to go down to Serie C.
1: Fell right off the map, Frosinone.
0: An Alessandro Nesta-managed team. Not good. Not good at all. Not good. All
1: JP Morgan. They need the bailout. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. This, see, this is the beauty of Serie A B. There's yeah. no handouts here. It's no. You earn your spot into Serie A, and that's it. That's right. And you build from there. That's, that's right. That's the beauty of seeing teams like Spets. Yep, the way they're performing, staying in, fighting tooth and nail to stay in. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. The relegation battle, the guys, the way they're fighting so hard to stay in the league, the emotion, the tears. Joao Pedro with Yasmin Kurtic after the, the weekend uh, that passed before this one. He's sitting down, having his arm around Kurtic because he's breaking down because he missed a huge chance because he understands yeah. what that means for this club. I let Parma down and this team could potentially go to Serie B. That's right. the beauty of this sport in a nutshell that yeah. no other sport in the world encapsulates. Yeah. And that's why we don't want the Super League in a nutshell. That's why we get... You'll never see stories like this again. You won't see the relegation battles. You won't see the promotions from uh, from B divisions to A divisions. You won't. You will never see that stuff again. No. And uh, this is the beauty, beauty of it. So
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to go from football and calcio before we go to soccer. Talk about, quickly, Major League Soccer. Uh, big Canadian battle here. Toronto FC, Vancouver Whitecaps. Toronto FC, technically at home. They played like garbage against club-to-foot Montreal. Very quickly, what do you think?
1: Toronto loses.
0: Yep, I agree with you 100% on that. Just and based
1: off that performance, Montreal, they looked
0: a um, mess. It was, it was men versus boys out there. Men versus boys. And then the same day, Nashville are hosting Montreal. Montreal. I mean, yeah, I mean, Montreal, they,
1: they showed they can play well. And they're a tough team to beat. Nashville...
0: I don't know. I don't think they have enough for Montreal on no. the day. Well, that sums up today's podcast, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. Please follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Email us, Radio at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to us. Like us. Rate us. Anything. And thank you to everyone that has. We appreciate it. That's right. Thank you for uh, spreading the show. Share yep. it
1: with your friends if you like it. Thank you for
0: doing that. And Yeah. Oh, and for those of you that are interested, we're going to have a very new logo very soon. Yes. Yes. We finally, we're, We've been in the process of rebranding, and we're going to come out with a nice new... There's a nice new logo waiting in the wings. Look out for it. We're very excited to share it with you. <laughs>
1: try and get it on some
0: apparel. Yes, yeah. 100%. We'll see how yeah, that goes. Yeah, Until yeah. next time. Ciao ragazzi. Yeah, yeah. yeah.